the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. Hey, joining me is Dr. Michael Youssef. He is the popular host of his own radio program, uh, Leading the Way, and he is the senior pastor at the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, Georgia. And he's recently written a book. I'll give you the opportunity to hear some thoughts and ideas from Dr. Michael Youssef about his new book, How to Read the Bible as if Your Life Depends on It. And so let's please welcome Dr. Michael Youssef. So good to see you. I'm so glad that you're able to join us. And one of the things I wanted to uh, talk with you about, again, is your book, How to Read the Bible as if your life depends on it. And there's all kinds of things that are going on all around us. What do you make of where we are right now as we're fast approaching 2024? Well, it's a big mess, (laughs) to to say the least. For us, at least from our eyes, uh, it's a mess. But from God's eyes, it is not. He's got it all worked out. He's got the plan. He's Nobody can thwart his plans. But from a human point of view, still you cannot help but feel uh, that a state that has been for 20 years really becoming conservative, becoming uh, very uh, thoughtful in their approach. They moved a long way away from the old days. Uh, we had Sonny Perdue as our governor, the first one in 100 and 35 years as a Republican. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the kind of the, 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 the bottom fell off the uh, bag. And, and, um, and then with the influx of people from, I'm told there are about 100,000 moving in here every month. Wow. And they're coming from your way. <laughs> and, and sadly, you know, the message sometimes I give when I'm with locally, I tell them, I said, look, you come here. Don't turn it into the places that you left because that's a mess. You're running away from one thing. Why would you want to take it with you? Exactly. And uh, so, but the, 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 the state, I was just having uh, lunch today with one of the leaders of the state government, and the state is changing, uh, particularly the Atlanta. Now, the rest of Georgia is remaining stalwart and strong, but the city of Atlanta, where that influx of uh, others who are coming in from other parts of the country, is, is really changing. Uh, we haven't been able to get a Republican senator elected in the last three years. Well, Dr. Youssef, you know, I'm not an ideologically driven Republican or Democrat. I want godliness and common sense to take hold. But I don't believe that the parties are neutral on some very important issues. And so the, I, I want to I, I tend to sound more like one or the other for sure. But let me ask you something. And I think it's something that the nation's struggling with. Kevin McCullough wrote a piece for Town Hall that talked about 5.9 million people coming into our country. 
we don't know where they're coming from. We don't know who they are. As many as 1.8 million of those have come across without any, without, without ever being stopped or vetted, just getting away into the influx of the country. Now, you care very much about the Middle East. You were here on 9-11. You know what's gone on in our country. Is there a Christian ethic to the southern border being established? Absolutely. I think uh, laws uh, and government that are given by God, according to Romans 13, to protect the citizenry. In fact, the federal government has only two roles is to protect uh, the citizens and defend them, and, and none of the other stuff that has in, increased by, with time. But I can tell you, and I speak as an immigrant, when I immigrated to this country, I had to, and my family, we had to go through a medical examination, not by our doctor, local doctor that we go to, but the embassy, the American embassy doctor. Uh, we had to prove that uh, we have clearance from the tax department that we owe no taxes in the country that we're in. We had to prove a police report that we have no records, police records in the countries we come from. All of that, and when you think about it, I had to sign an affidavit that I've never been involved with a communist party or a communist uh, 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 apparatus. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that was fine. We, we, I never complained. I thought it was wonderful. And because that's what a country's supposed to be, is protecting their citizens. But when you open a border under the guise of compassion, that's not compassion, especially when you bring in criminals in order... I mean, imagine me as a father. I would open my door to criminals to come into my house where, you know, my family is not protected. I would be very irresponsible. In fact, I would be a partner in crime. And that is what is happening to us as a nation. God gave us a government in order to protect the citizenry. Now we're opening the doors that criminals come in here, attack the citizens, loot the shops, do whatever you want to do. There are no consequences. And that is absolutely a miscarriage of responsibility and justice for any nation. It doesn't matter which nation, any nation. And all nations have laws. Now, we are saying, let the lawless come in and destroy our country. We're having a conversation with Dr. Michael Yusuf, who's the senior pastor at the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, Georgia. He also has a wonderful media ministry. He's heard coast to coast on his very popular program, Leading the Way. Every single day, he is heard across America, in New York City, in Denver, in many Salem stations all around the country. Dr. Yusuf, let me ask you another question before we get into the discussion of your book. And that is, in this coming election, there's going to be a lot, well, a lot said, in fact, that California just passed a law. The governor of California signed it. They're going to find schools that choose to take out books from their library that deal with critical race theory in an offensive way or more or less uh, pornographic in terms of what they have in them. I don't think I'm exaggerating this. These are literally books where parents take them to school board meetings and try to read them to the school board. They get shut down and escorted out of the meeting because they're so proclaimed. 
But the governor of California is saying he will not let them be taken out of school libraries, and he's going to fine the school districts if they try to. Dr. Yusuf, what is this? It's satanic. That's all it is from our Christian point of view. It's not it's pure satanic activities. The destruction of the family is Satan's desire from day one. He destroyed the marriage of Adam and Eve by having rebel against God, and he has been trying to do this ever since. He's First of all, of course, he's trying to have a, a, a conduct a coup d'etat to unseat God from his throne, and then he got thrown out of heaven with a third of the angelic being, and they are creating havoc. Mm. And I really believe that Satan is now sensing that his time coming to an end. And he does not know the times. Even Jesus said he did not know. Only the Father knows the moment where the world's going to end. But he senses it. He, he, he can read the tea leaves, of it, as it were, and he feels that his time is coming to an end, and therefore he is intensifying his activities and turning the very government that we need, we need to protect us to work against us and against our children. Again, Dr. Michael Youssef is joining us. I had the great privilege of being on his program along with his son's radio podcast. And, of course, we get to hear Dr. Michael Youssef on television and right here in Denver and all across the country. He's seen on television leading the way as his ministry. Like I said earlier, he's a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, which has been, well, the center of a lot of controversy and a lot of focus in the last few years. And so I just think, well, he is a clarion voice, a prophetic voice uh, for this important time. And Dr. Michael Youssef, you've written a new book. It came out on November 7th. It's titled How to Read Your Bible as if Your Life Depends on It. (laughs) That's a little apocalyptic, don't you think? It is, and deliberately so. Because I used to be part of the mainline denominations, and I left when we lost the battle for the Bible, once the undermining of the Scripture, and started with all kinds of your interpretation. Now they they deny it altogether. Now that same argument that I experienced or, or lived 40 years ago, that I'm reliving it with the evangelical churches. We have mega church pastor who's telling other pastors, that we need to get unhitched from the Old Testament. They get mega churches uh, all over the country who are telling people, well, you can't really uh, defend the Bible, and therefore uh, you don't defend it. Uh, and, and the truth is, this book has taken me 52 years to write in reality because it, it basically it's a condensing of my entire life and ministry and my conviction of the authority of the Word of God as inspired by the Holy Spirit, as infallible Word of God. And so I show in the book and explain why, from Genesis to Revelation, it's a one theme, it's one book. Of course, the Bible exposes people's failures and sin and judgment and so forth. Those are things that are important. The Bible doesn't take the characters and wash them and starch them and put them in a cellophane paper and put them on a pedestal said, now be like that. No, they show us warts and all. So the Bible is trustworthy and must be believed if a person going to be eternally saved and making it to heaven must do what Jesus did. He affirmed the authority of the Old Testament, which was his Bible. He quoted Noah, he quoted from Jonah, he quoted from Daniel. 
he basically said, I came to fulfill, I came to complete the Old Testament. I often say the Old Testament is like a house, but lacks a roof. And so the New Testament is that roof that makes that house complete. We have one book, not two books, like a play, Act 1, Act 2. One without the other doesn't make sense. And so those who are going around in the evangelical world saying, let's dump the Old Testament, it's like going and saying, your, your building is a beautiful building, but the foundation, we can't see it, we don't need it, let's bomb it. Well, how long would the building stay? Dr. Yusuf, I've had the privilege of speaking to pastors in the Front Range area of Denver, and it's interesting to me because so many people are Bible-centered. The, the ones who are Bible-centered are experiencing an explosion in ministry. And I don't think that there's any mystery as to why. I think it's because the world is such a mess. People are turning to places where they can get actual truth. They're looking for real truth. We know that power from that truth impacts lives, and we can see actual change in people's lives when they really believe the Bible. And then you have people like the ones you're describing who want to detach themselves. And they may have megachurches right now, but I'm questioning that unless they stay on the Bible path, I question what their influence will be like in five or 10 or 15 years. Because generally, when you unplug from the source of truth and power, you generally lose the energy behind that power when you depart from it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As I call it, they're digging a hole, and the more they dig, the more they are buried in that hole. And unfortunately, um, so for now, but you're exactly right, it's just a matter of time. The line of delarcation has already begun between the remnant, the true believers, and maybe God is already starting to separate the sheep from the goats. Uh, and the wheat from the chaff. And maybe the separation already begun. But regardless of that, I think you're exactly right. It's just a matter of time when the the genuine believers, those who know and love Jesus, will say, I am t- I'm not going to put up with this. I need to go where I people who trust the Word of God to be the Word of God. Well, of course, from the standpoint that the Word of God is powerful and effective and changes lives and changes hearts. When you again unplug the power source, change stops happening. And I would think that in a world that's as mixed up as we are right now, people would want things to be different. That's what they're looking for. That's why they're looking for that hope. If someone doesn't read the Bible presently, what would your invitation be to them? Well, this is what actually drove me to to write the book, because 10% of believers, of Christians, read the Bible daily. 18% read it uh, maybe once or twice a week. Now I'm saying, how can you say, I am breathing uh, today, so I'm not going to breathe tomorrow? And that biblical illiteracy, really, it's what brings us full circle to what we started with. It's biblical illiteracy that's bringing this kind of mess that we're in morally, psychologically, spiritually, sociologically. And therefore, I am pleading with people everywhere, Please read my book, but don't ever use any of my books as a substitute for the Word of God. This book is going to make you so excited, so enthusiastic about reading the Word of God 
that you will never stop reading the Word of God. That's really the purpose of the book. Congratulations on your new book, and thanks so much for all of the powerful things you've said here today, Dr. Yusuf. And I hope and pray that we get to talk in the very near future. Thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Well, guess what? You get a chance to get a copy of How to Read the Bible as if your life depends on it by Michael Yusuf. He has graciously uh, made several copies available. We're going to give them away right at this very moment. Um, for the first four callers who pick up the phone and dial the number 303-873-1935, for the first four callers, 303-873-1935, and uh, we'll get a copy. And so uh, producer Jim Nichols will say, uh, you are the winner, you're the winner, you're the winner. And we'll let you know how you're going to be able to get a copy of how to read the Bible as if your life depends on it. And, of course, this is a book that's published by Salem Works. And in, and so, again, you can start right now, 303-873-1935. And as you um, as you call in now again, um, Jim will say you're the winner. You're the winner. You're the winner. If you keep getting a busy signal, just keep calling, and I'll I'll let you know when we've given away um, the copies. And again, um, <laughs> the the book itself is broken down into uh, about six parts. It begins with uh, the unity of God's Word, the life-changing book. He talks about the two testaments, but one God, which he hinted at in our conversation, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then, so the first part deals with the unity of God's Word. The second part deals with the kingdom and the covenant. He talks about one king and one kingdom, and of course, Jesus is that king. And then in his book, he talks about the six biblical covenants that Jesus fulfilled. And then he talks about David and Solomon, which becomes a type, a picture, if you will, of foreshadowing God's kingdom. And so in part three, he begins to deal with the wisdom of the kingdom. And he talks about, well, Job's kingdom faith, accepting God's sovereignty, talks about the book of Psalms, the songbook of the kingdom, the wisdom of the kingdom, which is part of the wisdom literature, the books of Solomon. And then he talks about the fall of the kingdom of Israel. He talks about the fall of Israel, the broken covenant and the broken kingdom. And then he talks about the major prophets, thunder in the kingdom. And then he talks about the minor prophets, the, the major impact. And then he talks about um, and writes about promises kept, prophecies of the coming king. And as you can imagine, the Bible, the Bible is a supernatural book with prophecies. And those prophecies have been given, and many of those prophecies have been fulfilled. And then, of course, in part five, he talks about the kingdom of God and the new covenant. And so he'll talk about the suffering servant and the kingdom, the gospels, which is the four storytellers, one story, the parables, pictures of the kingdom. You know, I remember having a conversation with Chuck Smith, and uh, he, he said, you probably shouldn't teach the parables unless you've been in the ministry at least 10 years. Now, again, I that might be uh, overstated, but the parables are very, very interesting. 
and um, obviously the way we think about them and uh, speak of them and interpret them and apply them. The parables are meant to reveal to people who want to know and to conceal from people who don't want to know. So again, the number is 303-873-1935. If you'd like to get a copy of uh, Dr. Michael Yusuf's book, um, I talked about the fact that um, in part six, he talks about um, the book that heals. And what an interesting, interesting way to end the book, the healing that comes from the Word of God. It's interesting, in his opening, he quotes from um, a copy of (laughs) the foreword from a Gideon's Bible. Now, many of you are familiar with the Gideon's Bible because it's been placed in hotel rooms all across the country and all across the world. And... um, I've had several spokespeople from Gideon's International on this program. And, of course, they've placed Bibles in hotel and motel rooms. They've made Bibles available in hospitals and colleges and military bases and prisons. But all those Bibles in the introduction have these words. It says, quote, The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers, read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, practice it to be holy. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Read it slowly, frequently, powerfully, prayerfully, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And again, um, we'll let you know. Keep calling 303-873-1935. And like I said, when producer Jim says, you're the winner, you're the winner of those four books. And of course, um, the book is called How to Read the Bible as If Your Life Depends on It. So 303-873-1935, I should be able to tell you uh, that we've got our um, winners when we come back. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, when Moses was finishing his farewell speech to Israel, he basically made three remarkable claims about the right way to read the Scripture. It's interesting that he... says, read your Bible as if your life depends on it, because it does. Moses presents the people with a clear choice. Submission to the word brings blessing. Departure from the word or ignorance of it brings cursing. Second, read your Bible because God hasn't hidden what he wants you to know. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 Moses says, the word is neither too hard or too far off. And finally, when you read the Bible, you don't just read it. You'll encounter the person that the Bible points to. This is Gino Geraci. I'll let you know when we come back. 303-873-1935. Hey, welcome or welcome back. We have our winners. So if you call 
now, 303-873-1935. It will be to ask me a question on Tough Question Tuesday, 303-873-1935. But congratulations, Brad. Congratulations, Fred. Congratulations, Irene. And congratulations, Cheryl. You are all winners of, uh, and you'll be getting your copy of Dr. Michael uh, Yusuf's new book, um, (laughs) Why You Should Read Your Bible Like Your Life Depends on It, because, well, it does. (laughs) So again, if you want to join me on this Tough Question Tuesday, it's 303-873-1935. But of course, you know, this is a program where I try to ask and answer questions from a biblical standpoint. And so, as you can also imagine, I've sort of, not sort of, I have devoted my life to preaching and teaching the Bible. And um, we should read the Bible and study the Bible because it's God's word to us. Now, there's lots of things that we could say about the Bible as far as it being historically important, culturally important, civilizationally important. But I think the most important reason to read it is because it is God's word to us. The Bible is literally God-breathed, according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where Paul says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And so the Bible actually gives us permission to teach it, that um, that it's appropriate for reproof. That means to uh, to convict, to correct, to train. In other words, it really is God's word to us. There are so many questions that philosophers have asked that that God answers for us in the scripture. You know, again, in this program, we particularly on Tough Question Tuesday, you know, I invite you to ask the really hard questions, the tough questions. What is the purpose of life? Where did I come from? Is there life after death? How do I get to heaven? Why is the world full of evil? Why do I struggle to do good? So there's lots of questions, big questions. But there are answers in the Bible. And the Bible gives meaningful, reliable, practical, truthful advice about, well, What should I look for in a husband or a wife? How can I have a marriage that's God-honoring? How can I be a good friend? How can I be a good parent? What is success and how do I achieve it? How can my life be different? What really matters in life? How can I live so that I don't have to look back with regret? How can I handle unfair circumstances and the bad events of life? And how can I do it 
victoriously. And so there's lots of reasons why you should read the Bible. 303-873-1935. That's the number. If you want to join me on the program, like I said, it's easy to do. You pick up you could so now you can pick up the phone, 303-873-1935 and uh and ask your question. Another reason we should read and study the Bible is there's a lot of people in our culture and our society that will tell you that the Bible isn't reliable and that it's full of contradictions and errors. And I take that accusation seriously, that it's, that it's, uh, that when people say, no, it isn't reliable and it's full of errors, quite literally, um, one of the most influential people in my own reading of the Bible has been a guy named Norm Geisler, who wrote a couple of books called When Critics Ask or When Skeptics Ask. And so I'm not dismissive of the the person who says, well, what about this and what about that and how do you explain this and how do you explain that? Well, the Bible is unique in the world of books, even holy books. It doesn't simply give a moral teaching and say, you should just trust me on this. But the Bible has metrics. It has the ability, it, it invites us to test it by checking not the dozens or even scores, but hundreds of detailed prophecies that it makes by checking the historical accounts of its records, by checking the scientific and historical facts that it, that it relates. So the person who says that the Bible has errors, I would invite them to and challenge them well, show me the error. And have you actually thought that there might be a plausible explanation and that the conclusion that you've come to isn't accurate at all? You know, Jesus once asked, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or rise up and take up your bed and walk. And of course, according to the record, he basically heals the person. Then he proves he has the ability to forgive sin, something that we can't see with our eyes, by healing a paralytic, something that we can see with our eyes. 303-873-1935. Um, how much time do I have? Do I have time to take a call? Okay, we'll start the conversation. Michelle! Welcome. Hi. Hi. My son and his name is Isaac and I were riding home listening to your program and uh, you said we could call in with the tough questions. So the Bible's got all the answers and we had a tough homeschool day today um, and I want to be a good parent and he wants to, I don't mean to speak for him, he's on with us, but he wants to honor God 
and me. And so how do we make sure that when we have those hard days, we don't wreck our relationship in the process? Well, what, what an interesting question. And I think one of the ways that I would think about that is by asking the question just exactly how you just did. How can I honor God in difficult times? Or in, yeah. you know, and, and, and I think um, it's, it's to ask and answer the question, well, does the Bible give us ways of dealing with hard and difficult days through comfort. And I'm going to suggest to you that comfort passages are the ones that come to my mind. When I'm dealing with difficulties, when I'm trying to struggle with a particular issue, when I see people who are broken or hurt, I look at Psalm 34:18. the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. In other words, it's when God feels like when you're hurt and he feels so far away, according to the Bible, it says, no, maybe he's never been closer. Maybe. So that's one of the ways I would say, what does the Bible have to say about comfort and peace and joy? And then meditate on it, reflect on it, think about it. Hey, thank you for your call. Thank you. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935. When I was talking with Michelle and her 11-year-old son about how to get through a tough, tough homeschool day, you know, I, I think about um, the, the other question, if you will. Um, it's how how to honor the Lord in, in good times and bad times when things are going really, really good and when things are going not so good. And I can't help but thinking about what the Bible says about what it means to honor the Lord. You know, in Revelation chapter 4, verses in, verses 10 and 11, you have this scene in heaven. And obviously, you know, we live in this world and sometimes we don't think about the next world. We we intuitively know that there is another world. But in Revelation 4, it gives this scene in heaven where it says, The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. And the words translated glory and honor, they're really closely related to one another, and they're often used interchangeably in the Bible. But there is a, a subtle difference between them. The word most often translated glory means something that has inherent worth, intrinsic worth, um, but 
it, it carries with it the idea of weight. And while the word translated honor means perceived value or to render or esteem glory. So glory is a quality that's inherent in the one being glorified. Glory can be thought of as a mirror that accurately reflects what is there. And so when you're having difficult times and you glorify God, when you when you think about who he is and what he's done, when you reflect on his character with his identity, his relationship to you, what he has done, that begins to glorify him. We glorify him. To glorify God is to honor him for who he really is. And so who is he really? The Lord, the creator, the sustainer. And so when we think about things that are valuable or valueless, and we look around this great big world, and we ascribe value to certain people or things, when you consider what the Bible says about God, that he made heavens and and the earth and uh, everything in it, and that it all belongs to him, So you could think about God as being wealthy beyond compare, but again, God is valuable in what sense? Because his is a value that is unbelievable, unobtainable. Human beings have glory because we're created in the image of of God, who is the all-glorious one. We glorify God when we demonstrate through word or action his glorious character or what his, what the Bible calls his mighty deeds, his works. So modeling the character of Jesus is a way to glorify God because we showcase his attributes. When we glorify God, we bring him honor. See, to me, glory is one of those words that if I were to think of it as a receptacle and you started to pour into that receptacle the attributes of God, it would all add up to his glory. Honor originates in our hearts and then refers to the value we personally place on something or someone. So imagine you say, you do me honor. You honor someone when you notice them, when you talk to them, when you value them, when you respect them, when you appreciate them. Collectors hold certain items in higher esteem than non-collectors do. You know, the first appearance of Punisher in a comic book or a Marvel character may not mean a whole lot to you or a Honus Wagner baseball card, or a signed Babe Ruth baseball. But you can imagine how valuable it is to a person who sees this as an artifact of a moment in time and space. And so, we glorify God 
we honor him. You know, others may overlook what is valuable or someone who's valuable or who should be honored. We honor other people to the degree that we consider their position and contribution significant. And we're commanded to honor people because of their position, not necessarily their performance. We're commanded to honor our mom and our dad, our mother and our father, the elderly. Um, in First Peter chapter 2, verse 17, it talks about honoring those um, who rule over us. Honor everyone, Peter says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So when we honor God, we're demonstrating that we have a high regard for him. And when we honor his word, we honor him. And so the Bible shows lots and lots of ways to honor and glorify God. We show him honor. We show him high regard when we reflect his character. When we focus on having pure thoughts by sometimes being sacrificial in our giving and by living our lives devoted to him in Romans 14 8 Paul says for if we live we live to the Lord and if we die we die to the Lord so then whether we live or die we're the Lord's I'm going to suggest to you it's not enough to just merely honor him outwardly. But God desires the kind of honor that comes from our hearts. The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. So when we delight in the Lord, when we seek him in everything that we do, and we make choices that reflect the place he has in our hearts, we bring him honor. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. In First Chronicles sixteen eleven, it says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. He's close by. He's close by. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back tomorrow. Lord willing. Thanks, Jim. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.